Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Um, we are ending Pride Month with something very special. I got this guy with me, and I have no idea what's happening. What do you mean you have no idea what happened? You know we're filming a podcast. Yeah, but you don't tell me the topic. Like, oh, why would I do that? No need, I guess. I don't do that with him because it's more natural. <laughs> uh, but I'm also going to tell you guys that I'm starting off this podcast being very real. Our boys were just a nightmare trying to put them down for their nap. It's draining, making sure that they get enough sleep because if they don't sleep, they are going to be a nightmare this afternoon. And so Sandra's going to get about 45 minutes worth of a nap and Silas will get about an hour of a nap. So while uh, we would love to be like, hey, everybody, welcome to Trust and Believe. This, this is, is Sean T and Scott. We're like, bitch, I'm tired. But and yeah. It's also really important for us to come on and end Pride Month with a really great podcast with us. And I think that um, we both have different experiences in our life in terms of coming up, uh, growing up, you know, closeted gay guys. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to talk about. But in addition to that, I think it's also really important that even if you're not LGBTQ, this podcast will episode will help you understand um, maybe a family member or a friend or a loved one. And you can also apply some of these lessons that we've learned about ourselves growing up to uh, yourself, because I think that no matter what part of the world or what kind of life you've had, we can all learn from one another if we're just open to the fact that we can learn from people who are different than us. So I'm here with Scott Photobombs, a.k.a. Scott Blocker, a.k.a. my husband, a.k.a. Dada, and get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say hey, yeah. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, we're back. We're Trust and Believe. And you know, when we do our wine nights, people ask us a lot, um... Tell us about your coming out story. And I've really, I've told my coming out story before and he's told his coming out story before and it's all great. I mean, I I do believe it inspires and motivates people and gives them the strength to come out. However, I also think it's just another story and it still doesn't help the other person necessarily come out. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, this is my experience. I was 
chilling at my grandparents' house one night. And I just said to my mom, Mom, I got something to tell you. And she came upstairs and I told her how she responded could be somewhat impactful to people. But you never know how your parent or your friend is going to respond. So for me, it's about what happened before you came out. What it, What did you go through? What was the process to getting to the point where you found the courage to come out? That is the most important thing because people who are afraid to come out, and there could be people you know, people you work with, people sleeping next to you, if you want to keep it very... Listen. It's true. Listen, I'm on TikTok a lot, and I see a lot of people say support my dad who is LGBT. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, what? And you don't get to ask them questions, but you do know that from the video that their father or their dad or whomever came out at a later time Mm -hmm. and they were married because you can see in their feed that they have pictures of their parents. So that's why I say, and not not to scare people to say, oh, the person you usually been next to could be gay. I'm saying that it's a strong possibility that there are a lot of women and men out there who may think that their partner is gay but they love them so much and they could be that kind of person that's like well I just want you to be happy and no one knows how to talk about it that was very long winded but I just think it's important that I explain why it's important to to know what people's experience was leading up to the point when you to get the courage to come out so I want you to tell me about the year leading up to you coming out to your parents. It was hard. I was stressed. I didn't know what to do. I questioned what my parents would think. I uh, wondered which one of my friends wouldn't be my friend anymore. I I wondered uh, how would I say it? Uh, It it was, and I've said this before, that... um, I was I didn't have anyone to talk to about it, so I was constantly having conversations in my brain about it, and I was the only one I was talking to, and I kept thinking that I just hadn't. I, I was trying to convince myself that I just hadn't met the right girl, and uh, because I was trying so hard to be straight, and I knew very, 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 very early on that I wasn't. So for me, it was a struggle. Like I used to get. Um, uh, really bad canker sores in my mouth from the stress. I used to get upset stomachs. I used to get just just gastro pains and things because I believe all the stress that I put on myself because I did not know what to do. Who? Well, I knew who I was, but it wasn't. I knew that it, I it wasn't going to be accepted, or at least I thought it wasn't going to be accepted. So uh, my strife, uh, it was strife before I came out to my parents, and even. Even after coming out to my parents, uh, I still had to come out to friends, and that was stressful. Um, the can I can I ask yeah, a question real course. quick? Because I want you to continue. But you used the word "had to," and I think that that does add a lot of pressure to what's happening in someone's mind when they're hiding something. And I think it's a it's it adds pressure pressure, but I also think it's very profound because using. The word had, I had to, um, it basically states that you don't want to live in a space that you are living in anymore. You know, if you were like, I wanted to come out, it seems like a lighter thing. Like, I want to do this, but had to, it just sounds like you were in a space where 
you were literally thinking, I can't continue to hide who I am anymore. No, uh, yeah, it was more of a, yeah, it definitely was a negative thing. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a want. It was, I have to do this because I'm being forced to. Uh, my ex-boyfriend, uh, at, when I came out to my parents, was forcing me to come out to my parents because they were coming to New York City and they he wanted to meet them as uh, my boyfriend. And, I, you know, I, I was not... I don't know if that happened that... I don't know if I, don't know if I, would, I would be out or I would, I would be in the position I am now because... Um, you know, I look back as that was my journey and that was what I was supposed to do then. And while I didn't want to, and I felt forced, uh, once I came out to them, I was like, okay, I feel just maybe half a half of 1.001% better. And then I was forced into coming out to, uh, my friend Renee, uh, in Buffalo, uh, you went from using the word I had to come out to being forced to. So how did right. that? Because I was in a situation where my birthday, uh, they're having, people were having a birthday party for me and Joldis had come to town and the ex uh, made a big scene and left. And then I had to go follow him and deal with it. And then Joldis is still at the at the restaurant saying, I know you didn't leave me here. Is everything okay? And I'm like... Okay, I don't know how I'm supposed to handle this, and I but made people it. People didn't know you guys were together at, the, at that no. time. No, uh-uh. well, maybe some people did, but we never stated that we were together. And so I've told Joldis uh, a very bad, manufactured, made-up story. Who is Renee? Renee, Renee. is Joldis. Yeah. Just so you know. And so I just remember making this really, really bad story up, and she was like looking at me and going are you okay? Like, is everything okay? And then I think I came out to her in the back of a taxi car, taxi cab. I think it was a back. Joelis, you have to correct me on that. Um, But so then we were like, okay, so we could call her. Um, But it was, uh, yes. So then it was, and then my, my next experience after that was um, someone that I came out to was like, well, I don't think we should be friends right now. Mm. And then the third person I came out to uh, I think it might have been the third person was like, well, we can't be friends anymore. So of the, I consider my first three friends, Joldis was the only one who said, it doesn't matter. Like, I love you no matter what. And it doesn't, let's like, let's go have a drink. Let's go do something fun to get your mind off the fact that you're stressed because you shouldn't be stressed. And so my experience at the beginning was, was not, and I don't know what turned it around. I think probably what turned it around was when um, I talked with Shannon, Tori, and Michelle, and came out to them, and they're like, they're his childhood best friends, like kindergarten yeah. friends." Yeah, and they they uh, they just love me undeniably, anyways, like everyone else does. And so then I was like, okay, well then I can come out to. I think I came out to Renee in Chicago, and then it was just this. Okay, well the people that I truly, truly, truly care for, because the two people that had turned me away weren't really authentic friends. They were just kind of New York City friends. And so I was like, okay. And so once I started coming out to family, if you will, then it was more of an easier process. I think that's what is very profound. And I think a lot of people can take away from when you're wanting to come out and how people react to you. Um, People who really love you are going to stick by you. They are. And people who don't necessarily want your happiness 
they may be using you to be happy, but they're not happy for you are going to be the people that walk out of your life. And I want you to think about that for a second, because a lot of people are afraid to have people walk out of their lives. This can be no matter what spectrum of sexuality you come on from straight all the way to gay to trans in general in life. It's like if I went to Alex and Steve and I said, obviously, you guys should know who Alex and Steve are. I talk about them on the podcast a lot. But let's say Alex and Steve, Scott and I are moving to Seattle and we bought this amazing piece of land and whatever. And they were like, you're not going to be in Phoenix anymore. That was just much more, you know, uh, better for us. It's better for me for, you know, for flights and stuff to get there. I, I just don't know. I know there's a really elementary um Example, but then you're like, so you were friends with me because of my accessibility, accessibility to friendship. And I think that happens a lot. And actually, now that I think about it, it's not elementary. A lot of people are friends because of location and the love doesn't run deeper than your accessibility to them. And so that and when you apply that to coming out and, and your sexuality and telling people, hey, this is who I really am. This is who I love and they walk out of your life, then I don't care about religion. I don't care about whatever. A human being happy is is very, very important because a happy human brings positive energy to the world. And if someone's not excited about your happiness, then I don't think that they were in that relationship for you. They were in that relationship for Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the things I was going to say is I'm listening, as I'm thinking, as I always do, as he's talking, I think to myself, there were two things that are different back when I came out as to where they are now. One is society is completely De- hundreds of degrees different than it was when I came out, in my opinion, uh, and w- the way I was raised. Whereas, and now it's it is more socially acceptable for people to accept who they are at an earlier age or understand who they are at an earlier age. And then the other thing is, is I didn't love myself. I didn't. I I had something about me that I hated, and uh, because of that, I relied on others to make me happy. And so, because I knew I wasn't happy with me, and it wasn't actually until I met my Bayballs that I that's kn- me. that I knew uh, that's when I learned that uh, how to love myself and to be okay with who I was. And I don't feel that you know this is just purely a suggestion that if you work on yourself first, it's easier to do the things outside of yourself. So if easier. you yeah. If you, it's it's all about understanding and knowing and wanting to know more about yourself and learning to love and accept all of these things about you. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Uh, I do crazy things. I do silly things. I do boring things. But this is me. And if you don't like it, that's your issue. And I struggled. With, I didn't understand how that's even possible. I always tell the story about we were driving, uh, Sean and I were in his edge, we're driving on Roosevelt Island, 
His mom is on the phone. I'm driving, and we have her patched into the the car phone and uh, the speaker on the phone. And she said, "Artiana came home today." Artiana's my sister, and she was bawling. And and I said, "What's wrong?" And she said, "This boy doesn't like me anymore." Blah blah blah. And she said, "Girl, don't even waste your tears because there are plenty of other fish in the sea, or whatever." She said, "You know, you don't even be wasting your time over someone who doesn't like you because." Guess what? Someone else can now like you instead of that other person. And I was like, I literally, I almost fell out of the car. I, and, and while people may have said that hundreds of thousands of times to me before, it didn't hit home until that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, that's really profound. And, and I don't, you shouldn't care. Because guess what? There are people you don't like, they're not necessarily like, but you're just like, I don't want to spend time with them. Not really your cup of tea. So you don't, and you don't hang out with everyone. You don't like everyone. So some people are not going to like you. And that's completely fine. But um, I don't know. I, I wonder if people did say that to you before. Because the way you responded to that. Obviously, I grew up with my mom saying that. So I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but the way you responded to that, it was like a like you hit the lottery. And... Also, just obviously knowing you for for a long time, you tell me stories about how painful it was when people didn't like you and the things you did to create uh, a likable person within you instead of just trusting the fact that who you are at this moment is likable. And when you met me, you know... For a very long time. I won't say forever, 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 ever, but for a lot of the time in my life, I'm like, you don't got to like me. I think because being being teased at such a young age for being gay, like when I was at the point where I was teased, I was so if you don't know me by now, my personality is very, I think innately, like in my DNA, my personality is like. So it takes a while to get to that. So, cause I'm like a very nice person. I'm like, wait, why is this person teasing me? Why don't they like me? How did you get to so? But I'm like, because I just don't have the time. But I when did you, was there a moment where you thought, okay, I don't have the time anymore. It was, I was probably in like third or fourth grade because I just, I realized that. And it trickled down by the time I got to seventh grade. <laughs> I, I remember it for a fact because you know, you know the people that tease you. You know the, what, how people talk about, like, who they think is gay and the whole thing. And so, for me, I just always said to myself, well, if this person is not going to like me, then there's no way I'm spending time with them. There's no way I'm going to give them my energy. I didn't use the word energy at such a young age. But I was like, well, I have my friends over here. So, why am I going to give you my, like, why am I going to show up in, to school giving you my energy when I can just hang with the friends that actually like me. And I think the other thing was, which may have been different than where you grew up, where I grew up, like you had to be ready to fight at all times. So I was just kind of like, all right, well, if we're going to have to rock, like I just wasn't, I just at one point was just like, I'm, this is me. Like, this is who I am. Now, mind you, it's not like I came out when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade, but it was a point where I just said, I just cannot waste my time on people who actually don't like me. I just didn't think it was necessary. I didn't process it that way as a kid, but I think I just did that. And 
the other thing is I knew I was a really nice person. You know, I was probably nicer than I am now. But <laughs> I, I was a very nice person. And so teachers liked me and my like I was like, I can't have family and friends that love me this much. And these people don't like me. Because they think I'm gay, and I didn't even tell them I was gay. And I'm like, how do you even know what gay is? The only thing I knew, I was getting molested every day. And I know that sounds like really crazy for people to hear, but, you know, so I just had, plus, you know, I had all that going on. So I was like, there are much worse things that I could be dealing with than somebody who's like, oh my God, I think Sean's gay. It's like, shut up. Like, okay. Hmm. I I was, again, thinking as you're talking and listening as you're talking uh, that I realized that, you know, I was nice to everyone. I was nice to people. I, I was a nice person. I'm not, I'm purely using that as an, as a lead up to where I'm going is, um, but I was doing it because I knew that if they knew the core of who I was, they wouldn't like, because I didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like, I, well, I didn't like it because no one else that I knew that in, in my, anywhere in my life was, uh, gay. And again, I use the example of Martina Navratilova and Billie Jean King were female women's tennis players who were lesbians and that came out and they were completely just pushed away in society. Like they were just, I use the word ostracized because they were singled out because they were lesbians and they were not given sponsorships. They were tremendous tennis players, but because they were gay, they were shunned. And uh, I thought, well, there you have it. I'm not going to let anyone know this. And so I'm, I'm just keeping the secret for the rest of my life. I, um, I also just had a revelation because, you know, Scott talks a lot about, you do talk a lot about Billie Jean King and Martina Navratilova. And I think growing up, while I grew up in Jersey, there was also obviously city of Camden, city of Philly, and it was a city. And so my family had gay people showing up to the house. It's not like mm. they were out but at cookouts and stuff, like, you saw gay people, and they were there. And um, I still consider this person my cousin to this day, even though I haven't seen him in, you know, even though I haven't obviously talked to him, whatever. But it was, his name's Booby. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we had really interesting nicknames. But anyway, I say all that to say, and he was very flamboyant and gave zero fucks about what anybody said to him. And... It was just, and but I also had like some of my favorite cousins hung around him too, and they loved him, and we laughed, and I was just like, okay, so being gay can't be that bad because mm. there are people that actually yeah. love and appreciate, and th- there was no way this guy could walk in a house. I mean, he either had to be a really flamboyant straight man or he was gay, right? And everyone loved him, and everybody was laughing, and they were like, if he wasn't there, they were like, is Booby coming? It wasn't like. Don't act like that around. You know, one of my aunts has six kids and the kids could go to the store with him. The kids could, you know, be with them. He would take them for a day and it wasn't like, oh, you can't hang with him. Mm-hmm. So I did have some positive reinforcements. I think the most negative and I use negative in a way of the most negative uh, experience was just kind of growing up in church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then but then you listen if you go up in a Baptist church, and I ain't trying to throw shit. Well, now now being gay is more acceptable in churches. But let me tell you something. When the gays came in there and they were doing that fan and a tambourine and, uh, you know, whatever. Like, you knew. But even though you knew growing up that, you know, Jesus Christ 
you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. You had to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And there were all these things you were going to hell for. And one of them, obviously, you thought was like, man doesn't lay with another man. But I'm like, well, these gay people come to church every day, you know, with the flyest outfits on. They're praising God. So you mean to tell me God is literally going to be like, you you go you come to church every day. You give your tithes and offerings. You accept me as your personal savior. That person might be drinking. That person might be smoking weed. That person might be sleeping outside of his marriage. But because you're gay, of all of these people, you're the only one that's going to go to hell. If even if you repent, and I was like, no, you know. So when it did come out, when it came close to the time of me coming out, I was more like nervous because of the religious thing than about social things um but like you know i told a story on wine night whatever about my mom and my mom you know she's like boy she's like i made you so i can't be mad and so my brother was really accepting i only have one cousin who i still think to this day is weird she didn't used to be weird but i think she, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say weird because we're talking about accepting people but she went from being this like super open-minded like very you know accepting person for, for of me as a kid and i don't know she got into this like really interesting relationship and then she just went left or right or up or wrong but she just never was the same after that so then when i came like she was the only person that i came out to and she was like get out of my house and i was mm. like felicia and bye b-y-e Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about life after coming out and life now and why these kids below us are sleeping. And it makes us very, they're supposed very to be getting happy. up in three minutes. Well, they're going to get up in 10 or 12 because we got a podcast to finish. Okay. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We really hope that so far, if you're a person that's out there and you're thinking about coming out, just know that everybody's coming out story is so different. And leading up to the point in which you want to come out, make sure as best you can do, do it for yourself. Do it when you are ready. Do it when you feel like you have the power to just live your best life even after that moment. And... Both of us have had people that didn't accept us for who we are. And there are people who still don't accept us for who we are. I, I believe that 
because we live our lives and he I see him and he sees me he sees me at our work my worst and best and vice versa at the end of the day like we're really nice people we accept people for who they are it doesn't matter where you come from who you are what you look like who you love and so that's what I have to go off of when it comes to me accepting who I am I wake up every day I motivate I inspire people I I'm a giver I raise my family. I try to be as nice as possible, even sometimes, even though sometimes I got to cuss people out. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I all I want to say is, is if, if you're looking to come out, um, love yourself first, figure out who you are first so that you have that base to, to jump into the new life of, of being out to your friends. Yes, because if you've got key. that base, it doesn't matter what happens outside of that because just it's the best to love yourself. All right. So to kind of close out and obviously the second part of the podcast, um, I have a series of questions for you. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Since it, we are recording this on Father's Day and it's June LGBT Pride Month. Uh, what is your favorite part about the boys having temper tantrums? Now, how do you say oh, what's rats. your favorite? I was, thinking, I was thinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to... But uh, what is so... About what's, temper tantrums? Yeah, like, what's your favorite part of it? I know, uh, see, the reason why I ask that question is because people are like, oh my God, I hate them. But there's... I'm like, okay, but I want you to think differently about them. And I think that's what we as parents have to do. But anyway, before I go further, go ahead. Yeah, that's... Uh, what's my favorite part about the boys' tenter, temper tantrums? Ugh... I struggle. Uh, I'm going to have to really dig deep to try and find something. If you don't have an answer, just say I don't have an answer. uh, Maybe one time, maybe a couple times when they're doing it because it just looks silly and it's funny. And I look to you and you're laughing and I'm just like, okay, well, I feel better now because he's laughing. To me, it's stressful because like one of the things we talk about with our kids is that they are amazing. They, they are quick learners. They, they understand. We have conversations with them. So when they don't comprehend something or they choose not to learn something or choose to do something different than what we teach them and they break into a tantrum, I'm like, dude, I know you know what's going on. So stop being silly. But, you know, they're kids. I can't. They're two and a half. But I have to say that that is actually my favorite part of the temper tantrum. So Silas just had a temper tantrum. I'm like, you have to get rid of your iPad. And then he's like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take a nap. It's all these things that he doesn't want to do. And he's not someone that really works with well with uh well let's talk about this so i just pick him up out of his little chair and i carry him downstairs and he tightens his body we go downstairs but i know that once we get downstairs i can switch his mindset and it's actually really fun to see him go from i don't want to do that to playing on the toilet to me laying him on his back to either change his diaper or put some fake cream on his feet because he thinks that he has an owie every day (laughs) And then when I'm over top of him, like I can play with him and I can see how he comes out of the temper tantrum. When I'm like, because I I even say to him, I'm like, you know, the iPad is not that serious, right? And then I say, we give you toys, we give you food, we give you this, and he's like looking at me. Then he starts laughing. So that's 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 my favorite part about about temper tantrums, watching him learn through the process of go through the process of like the stage. I hate you. Life is over to, oh my God, Papa, I love you. Can you tell me a story? Can I have a kiss? 
All right. My next question. Yes. What is it about being in a gay relationship, a gay parenting relationship? Uh, obviously, you grew up with parents who are a male and a female. Mm-hmm. And they were, they've been together for over 50 years now. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you've learned being in a same-sex relationship as parents in the last two and a half years that you think you can help your parents through uh, as as heterosexual people? <sighs> I know. First thing, I, uh, for me, it's, it's about compromise. It's about understanding that uh, it's understanding that he was raised on the East Coast. I was raised on the West Coast. We have two completely thought processes of getting something done. We, we start at the same place and we end at the same place, but getting there is a completely different route. His route is no better than mine and vice versa. As long as we get to the end goal and no one is hurt in the process, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. So I guess what I've learned is as much as I feel that my way is right or quicker or faster or smarter or whatever, uh, there's the compromise of, of saying, oh, okay, not we'll let him do it this time. But when we go his route, it's like, oh, I didn't realize that we could do this that way. Or it may be actually quicker doing it this way. Or So it's about the compromise. It's about understanding and allowing your spouse or partner to, you know, they're bringing stuff to the table, you're bringing stuff to the table. So be able to work together and make something even better than what you currently have as individuals. Yeah. And I think that can be used... Whether you're gay or straight, right? So hopefully you use that. All right, my last question. You, you, you're this. not gonna answer? No, I agree. Oh, which is rare. I mean, um, all right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so my last question, question, which is something we get a lot in wine night. So if you haven't joined our wine nights every Friday on my Instagram at Shanti, where we talk about things that happen after dark, after the kids are in bed. Um, and we're a glass of wine in. And we're a glass and a half of wine in. <laughs> All right. So we get this question a lot. And I think that I don't think that everyone on my podcast that listens to my podcast may be on wine night. So I wanted to ask you again. One of the questions we get a lot is how do you keep intimacy really strong in a marriage where you have two kids in general and the kids go to bed and you're tired and there's all these excuses and it's been a while since you and your partner have been intimate and it's it's kind of just a lost cause at this point but you do know you want to still be together how do you get past that hump so many things so first and foremost uh you have to want to do it you have to step outside your comfort zone. For me, the comfort zone is not doing anything, right? Because you get into the pattern and it gets easy to just go to bed, get on your phone, you know, look at Since social media. Get into that zone because we ain't never had that zone. Get on your phone for social media and people then go to sleep or give each other maybe a kiss and then go to bed. You, If, if you truly and authentically want to do something with your, your partner or spouse, you have to do something different. You have to think about things that you like. Think about things that you fantasize, fantasize about. 
Think about things that they like that you know. If you're not having a conversation, then you surprise them with something. Like come out of the bathroom in, uh, for me, a jockstrap. Come out of the bathroom naked. Then you normally, if you're coming out in pajamas. Some negligee. Or some negligee. <laughs> but the negligee. 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 But, but beyond that, if you're not, the for me, the first part is having a conversation. You need to have the conversation. And as scary as it is, the minute you start having that conversation... It opens up this world of like, why the hell did I not have this conversation before? Like, and you can even, what we do, one of the things that we talk about in our relationship thrivation course that we offer to people is we say, okay, I'm really nervous about having this conversation, but I need to have this conversation. So it sets the premise that I'm nervous about having this and I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to be anything other than I really need to have this conversation because I think it'll help both of us. Boom. That completely sets the tone for me. It's like, oh, okay. I love him. He loves me. What are we going to talk about? We can talk about anything. So setting the preface of the conversation and then having the conversation. I used to be a person that never wanted to have conversations and I would avoid them. And now I feel that because we have conversations about anything, whether it's sex, fantasies, uh, work stuff, um, family stuff, uh, bed stuff, like anything is not off limits and it can't be because you have to set, establish that and that, that relationship, that conversation with the, your person. Finally, it is about going outside your comfort zone. You have to allow yourself to take a step beyond what you normally do because if you don't, like I used to say, I used to live in black and white until I met Sean and then I realized that there are so many things that I don't ever do which are really fun when I do them and I'm like, wow, this is what color looks like. This is what life in color looks like. So it's about... Um, yeah, uh, just to clarify because you did say in the beginning to live outside of your comfort zone hmm. but the, the point that he's trying to make for the second thing or the last thing is live a life in color because in your comfort zone it is very black and white. It is... I know this is going to happen. I know I'm going to do this. I can expect this amount of food on my plate. I can, ex whatever. But when you start living a life of color, you start living a life of learning. And I, th I think that one of the greatest things to get out of that, that sexual drought is learn something new about your partner, about your spouse, but more importantly about what it is that you want. And then... You know, I promise you this, if you put the kids to bed and you were tired, but you guys had planned to go to a party with friends, you're going to find a way to get energy, to get your, uh, your adrenaline up, to like to go out and have some fun. But for some reason, because you're home and because you know I'm going to bed, it's, it's just like kids. They like structure. So when we get involved... In a routine, what happens is our routine takes us down the road of comfortability. And at night when the kids go to bed, if it's a night that you want to, time to get your groove on, you have to change the structure. You have to, you know, do other things. But join us on Friday nights for wine night because we talk a lot about that. Also, if you... Um, you mentioned relationship thrivation, which I never, I think maybe I talked about a little bit on here. We talked about before in the podcast, but if you and your spouse just want to take your relationship to the next level, just go to relationshipthrivation.com. For everyone out there, uh, thank you so much for helping us celebrate Pride Month. We do have some apparel on shantiapparel.com for Pride. And if you uh, want some Shanti Apparel, you can go to shantiapparel.com, 
Put in the code trust and believe and receive 20% off our pride collection. And that pride can be for anyone who is prideful in themselves. Right. So thank you for joining us. Continue to trust and believe. Please go leave a review for trust and believe. Also in the reviews or not in the reviews, but if you also go follow trust and believe pod on Instagram, leave us a message and let us know some things that you would love for me to talk about and what type yes. of guests you would like to have on a show. I don't know what type of guests I want you to have on your show. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. And always trust and believe. My name is Shanti. No, your name is Scott. And always trust and believe in who you are. Peace out.